legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. When Sweet Tarts dared to combine sweet and tart, they thought, why stop there? Why not create other exciting and unexpected combinations, like rainbows and ropes, or fruity and gummy, or chewy and more chewy? That's why they created fun treats like Sweet Tarts Twisted Rainbow Ropes, Gummies Fruity Splits, and Chewy Fusions. When you dare to combine, it's sure to blow your mind. Sweet Tarts. Dare to combine. Visit SweetTartsCandy.com to shop now. Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Willicum. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Right, Caleb, can you say Rob Beckett? Rob Beckett. And can you say Josh Widdicombe? Josh Widdicombe. Good boy, well done. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, Caleb. And my son Caleb, who's two and always gave up when asked to say Widdicombe, but finally gave it a go. I quite like the name Caleb. That's the name of the um, singer in the Kings of Leon, isn't it? Lou wanted to call, uh, if, he had a, if he had a boy called Caleb... Yeah, it's a good. I name. was against it, but I think I'm. I think I could accept it now. But when it's your first kid and you're from South East London, a working class family, you can't bowl him with a Caleb. You can't bowl him with a. It's Caleb. a tough transition. Oh, you work in the media now, do you, mate? You. F- <laughs> Here he comes to. F- <laughs> I, I remember that like, we used to got grief off our cousins and aunties and uncles. My brother Dan, in like '98, 2000, had sort of slightly longer hair. And their kids are going, oh, here he comes, fucking Paul McCartney. <laughs> what a reference. What a reference as well. I know. <laughs> and then it was like, my hair's a bit longer. People have had long hair since the 70s. What are you talking about? It's not like, it's not 1952. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I've got some really good Instagrams before we bring on our guest. It's a brilliant guest today as well. Let's do them. Um, we're, we're doing catch up on correspondence this week, aren't we, really? Yeah, because we've, oh, we've been blabbering on. We are so self obsessed. Hey, Josh and Rob. A quick story I thought you might enjoy. Last weekend, I asked my son if he wanted to go and feed the ducks some bread that I had left over from school lunches. He turned to me with an extremely upset look on his face, saying, Mummy, bread kills ducks. With a look of shock on my face, I mumbled to myself, not knowing that he could hear me. Okay, Mr. Killjoy, I'll throw the bread away. Now, not knowing that he heard me, he pottered down the stairs as I was about to throw the bread out. He looked at me dead in the eye and said to me, Fine, mummy, let's go murder some ducks. Whoa! I held in my laughter as difficult as it was. 
My son's teacher then does a weekend recap with him on Monday and uploads it to the school app for all the parents in the class to read. My son's weekend update read short yet disturbing with no context. This week, I went to the pond to murder some ducks with my mummy. <laughs> Safe to say it's Wednesday now and the school has arranged a call with me for 3pm. Wish oh me luck. That gosh, can't be true. That can't be true. It might be. Oh it might word. be, actually, because I know at my school, one of the mums got taken in because I think if the ki- if a kid says at school, my mummy hits me or my mummy hits my brothers... You've got to take it seriously. You have to take it... Yeah. You can't go, it was banter. The, the Richard Keyes defence doesn't work in these situations. Like, <laughs> it's just a bit of banter. <laughs> like, they've got to check those things, haven't they? Because if... If they overlooked, I went to murder the ducks with my mummy, and then in six months it turned out that that's what they actually had done. It's not a good look. Yeah, Yeah. so I suppose what it is is they get you in, and I imagine it's a very quick look. He said this, I'm sure it's fine, what's the story? Yeah. And then you explain, I'm I'm thinking, I'm sure it's fine, but they've got a lodge. So what's the score with bread and ducks? The RSPB has given a definitive answer on if it's safe to feed ducks, geese, and swans bread. This is not my words, the RSPB. Okay. Because this is, according to mylondon.news, a surprisingly divisive debate at the waterside. Mm. Okay. Yes. So, a spokesperson said, Bread is not a natural source of food for waterbirds such as ducks and geese. For this reason, it is suitable for them, but only in very small quantities. Like humans, birds need a variety of food to be healthy, and bread doesn't offer birds the nutrition they need. So not poisonous, but not exactly a health kick. That last bit is not the words of the RSPB, but the words of mylondon.news. There you go. Um, also, this is a great little thing for our audience to get in contact with. When have you been called into the school? Oh, What's yeah. the most ridiculous yeah, reason good. you've been called into the school? Did your parents ever get called in? I once got put on report and got given a detention because I was part of a group of children that stole a bottle of wine from the oh. PTA and they were having a little wine and cheese night and it was all the boxes of wine around. We sneaked a bottle of wine and drank it in the woods and I had one swig and I felt like I was in the Wild West. I hated it. I told my mum immediately, felt horrific, went all red-faced and panicked and thought I was going to go to prison. I, I, I do not like breaking the rules. Neither do I. I'm not a rule-breaker kid. I hated it. Yeah. I was a very good boy at school. Did you like alcohol when you first tasted it? I didn't like it at all. It took no, years. hated it. Yeah. And I didn't really like it, and then I, I didn't really drink at all until I went to university, and I studied tourism, so it's literally nothing to do all day. Yeah. So I, so I got into drinking then, but I think I got into drinking more out of nerves. Yeah, 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 and being yeah, yeah. nervous to meet girls, meet new people and do things on nights out and wasn't very confident. So I used to drink for confidence and then it become part of a sort of habit and a culture of it. But I've not drunk for the whole of May. I've not drunk for 25. Well, not? Yeah, about 20, 25 days. And I feel so much better. And I miss that little buzz and fun of a drink. But I, I am absolutely loving for, for nearly a month. I've woken up every morning you feel feeling good. Incredible. The the feeling oh, of so much the feeling of waking up having not drunk in a few days is like nothing else. Yeah. What a couple of old squares. No, but I because I had a um I went to the pub with Lou for lunch and it was red hot. It was one of them really hot days last week. And we had a little pub lunch, kids were in school, we'd went for a dog walk in the countryside and the dog was asleep next to us and I didn't I got one it was nice actually, it was called like Erdinger. I've never had it before because a lot of the fake beers are rubbish, aren't they? Alcohol yeah. free. And it tasted like a it was so nice it was really cold and it tasted a bit like beer but not not like a proper beer and what it was it was the ceremony that i wanted yeah yeah. i sat down in the sun the ritual of the the ritual of it's hot and it's sunny let's have a drink but my problem is i'll have 15 
Yeah, of like course. I can just drink like a fish. And the first one's always the most. The first one's the one you enjoy. Yeah, but then I say to myself, yeah, but you don't want to get drunk all the time because you won't be productive and you'll be tired. But then the other half of my brain goes, you got shit face at the Euros, and it was the biggest career boost you've had in about five years, Rob. <laughs> But yeah, if you are trying to not stop drinking, the best one I've had is Erdinger alcohol free. They sell it in like Tesco's and stuff, but I'd, I just got it in a normal pub. Um, but that was really nice, and it felt really nice, Josh. But I feel so much fresher yeah. not drinking. And parenting is easier oh, when you're not hungover. Oh, it's so much easier. Well, Rob, it's a lovely message to our audience. Shall we meet today's guest? Which is one of my favourite interviews we've done. Absolutely loved oh, it. Oh, she's hilarious. So really, good. really good. Estimanito. Great story. Amazing story. Especially, do you know what's really good is that like, like Romesh did it as well. Like he had like young kids when he wanted to change his career and left teaching and stuff. And Estimanito is a very similar story. She just yeah. had young kids but really wanted to do something different and went for it. And it's really inspiring. She's so funny as well. So um, yeah, it's a really interesting story. So if you're into maybe wanting to change up what you're doing and you're a little bit nervous and scared about it. Listen to Esther because it's a really, really, really inspiring story. She's brilliant. Here she is. Esther Manito. You said that like a judge. <laughs> You're about to sentence me. Esther Manito, <laughs> we sentence you to, to 45 minutes of great anecdotes. Am I right, guys? Anyway. Jury's out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. How are you, Esther? I'm all right. Just done the school run, you know. Just done the school run. How old are your kids? Six and eight. But you've got a little one, haven't you? Yeah, so... You're in I'm, the eye of the storm. Yeah. Have you got two? I've got two. They are four and zero. Four and ten months. Four and zero. Four, four and, and nothing. Zero. Oh, God, ten months. Yeah. That's a hard age, isn't it? It's where you've got to walk around with them all the time. Not for him. He's in the Lowry in Manchester. Yeah, I mean, I hotel, hotel. Mate, look at me. It's not a hard age at all. Well, this is the thing. If you're going to be a parent, be a dad. That's what I say. <laughs> Just be a dad. Whatever you do, you whatever you do, you're trying your best. But whenever you're a mum, it's just not quite good enough. So I say that to both my kids. I've got a boy and a girl, yeah. and they're like, when we have kids, and I was like, just be a dad. Whatever you do, just be, just be a dad. My God. So uh, how do you how do you split the, the childcare then? Are you because you full, you're a full time comic as well? What were you doing before comedy? Was you working? I was a teacher. A teacher? Yeah, I was terrible at that. And then I had kids, and I was terrible at that. And now I do comedy and just <laughs> slag them all off, and that's my therapy. So, when, so that's that, guys. You went because yeah, you said to us when we were, that you've been doing stand up for five years. So you yeah. started doing stand up with a one year old and a three year old. I had a five-month-old and a two-year-old. Whoa! Okay. If nothing screams, cry for help more. <laughs> and I kept it a secret from my family. Did you? <laughs> really? Yeah. So what do they think yeah. you're doing? I know. My husband was like, are you having an affair? And I was like, I've been doing stand-up comedy. And he was like, are you sure you don't want to just go and have an affair instead? <laughs> no. <laughs> So how did you do that? Talk us through that transition into... So it's five minutes of open spots is basically an affair, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you do feel really dirty and humiliated and you wake up with the... You do the walk of shame on the way home. (laughs) Now that I'm getting to know comedians that have children, I absolutely relish every time they're like, how did you do it, Esther? Like, how did you do it? So was you teaching full-time as well? No, I was 
I was on maternity leave. I went back to teaching. So I was teaching, had two babies and I was doing, but you know what it's like, you're doing the open mics. So you can't just turn up and do your spot and leave. You've got to yes. stay the whole time. You've oh, got to bring a friend. Man. Oh my God. So I was getting home at like one in the morning and then I was up, you know, still breastfeeding, God knows what. Jesus. Those first secret gigs, how were you doing that? Like what, what was your cover story? I used to say that I was meeting my friend in town for coffee. At night? <laughs> At night. <laughs> I eventually told my husband, um, but we kept it a secret from the rest of the family because it would not be approved. My mother-in-law was like, mothers don't do this. No, no husband would put up with this. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so how, how long was it a secret from your husband? Oh, no, I kept it a secret from my husband for about three weeks. Yeah, you right. can't yeah. keep that up for longer than that. It's weird. No, I was embarrassed. I just said I was a little. I just said it was a course I was doing. I said I'm doing a com. I'm just said I'm doing a writing course just to engage me mentally. And he was like, yeah. okay, yeah. And then he was like, sorry, what are you doing? And then I was like, oh, I'm just doing this course. <laughs> but basically, you're hanging around in pubs <laughs> waiting to do stand up, oh, like a. F- <laughs> freak and then the first time i went on stage i came off and threw up and i just didn't stop throwing up i threw up all the way home and he was like i don't understand what's going on with you hey stop it (laughs) when i say it out loud i'm like oh my god so you just when you got home you was being sick as well i got i literally threw up about three times on the way home just the adrenaline because i'd never done it before how had it gone had it gone well yeah thank god yeah imagine imagine what she'd have done if she went bad (laughs) just shat myself all the way home <laughs> but that happened to me once i did a tv warm-up that was so stressful they took me out of a car home but i was so worked up and stressed and adrenaline i felt really sick so I, and i was at a big traffic jam so i said and I, it was like a 20 minute walk to my house I went to the, dri- the cab driver and i'll just get out and walk and he's like, all right so i got out and walked i really need to be sick and then i walked up to this skip and so i've been sick in the skip oh but because where the traffic was moving slowly the cab driver pulled up alongside me and went, you're all right I went, yeah <laughs> Sick of skip. It's not good for your body, is it? Open mics, Esther. And you've just had a baby only five months earlier. And you've been sick in a pub toilet. Don't I literally yeah, I know, I'm just there vomiting, <laughs> vagina between my knees. Just like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Honestly. I don't know, yeah, I don't know what possessed me. But I'm glad I did it. When did you leave your job, full-time job? Just before the pandemic, so that was really well-timed. I also had a lot of guilt about being a mum. Yeah. There was a huge amount of guilt because people were just like, what are you doing? So I was determined that it wasn't going to impact them. Yeah. So I would literally just have to be awake 24 hours. Like I was talking to um, another comic about this and they were going but when did, when did you write and I said well, what I'd do is I'd drop my little girl off at nursery and then I'd just walk my son in the push chair so that when he had his nap that's and I wouldn't write I would record so I'd just be walking around because if he, if the buggy was being pushed then he would sleep and then I'd just record ideas for stand up and then re-record it and re-record it and that's how I wrote because I couldn't oh, sit down and write because obviously I had a baby so I just used to during his nap time just walk him Blimey. and but in five years there's been two years of no gigging like because of the pandemic to, to, to go from zero of zero gigs to being on live at the apollo which you've done and you smashed it that, that is that is an impossible time frame without the fact that you had a newborn baby and a toddler <laughs> it's incredible yeah but i'm not a dad though so. <laughs> so was your husband working full-time at this point as well yeah 
I don't understand how that how this works. Where's Esther. the time? Yeah. How many gigs a week were you doing? <laughs> Did you take the kids with you? I had to take them to Edinburgh. Honestly, there were people that didn't know I had children. I remember I was doing my first Edinburgh and I was walking around with a double buggy in Edinburgh. <laughs> buggy and I'm just like walking up the Royal Mart and Cindy V just walked out of a cafe and just went whose babies are those and I was like they're mine and she was like what do you mean like when, what do you mean you've got babies what are you doing whose babies are those <laughs> also because I don't look like my children <laughs> so it did look like I just stole them you don't look so like I've got very blonde babies um, my son, I look at my son looks a little bit more Mediterranean, but my my daughter is is incredibly blonde, so it does look like. So people often thought I was just the um, childminder. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Viore. Give the active people in your life something they'll truly appreciate: performance apparel from Viore. Whether they're into running, surfing, hiking, or even just casual walks around the block, there's something for everyone. And if you're not sure what to gift them, you can't go wrong with something from Viore's Dream Knit Collection. It's the perfect gift and so comfortable. Get 20% off your first purchase today at Viore, V-U-O-R-I dot com slash Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. And did your husband go up to Edinburgh with you? Oh, he did, but he hated it. I mean, it's rubbish bringing your... You, yeah. you stop to speak to people every five minutes. They're just loitering around. The kids hated it. Yeah. I mean, you're paying to... Well, I took, Losing I mean, money. The amount of, yeah, the amount of rubbish you have to take them to see. Like, I was taking them to see stuff, paying like 50 quid for four of us, and you're watching some hungover student in the pleasant courtyard with a sock on his hand going, hello, I'm Mr. Puppet. And you're thinking, what am I watching? Oh, this is God. absolute nonsense. What a load of... Co- and the kids think it's shit, and it's just like, oh, it's you could, you could, The money you spent, you could have gone to Disney in Florida. I know. And the kids are like, this is raining, it's boring. The kids hate it. So what was it? how did the conversation go with your partner then, going, look, look, I'm, I'm doing these gigs, they're going well, and I want to go to Edinburgh. And then you go to Edinburgh, and you're like, I'm just going to take all our savings, um, because mum really wants to be a performance artist. <laughs> it's like, it's so not okay. Like, and also, it's like that kind of thing of like, when you the baby's only five months old, the hormones in your body are still going crazy because you've just had a baby. So there, there is an argument to go, are you sure you really want to do this? Or is this sort of like a sort of, you know, a kickback to your life changing? You've got the two kids now and it's sort of like a semi like early midlife crisis. Because that is a fair, <laughs> that's a fair point to bring up, isn't it? To, to, have, to yeah, go straight there, into it. There was it. a kind of Victorian intervention like should we just strap her down and, and, and inject her with valium and i feel like that was the conversation my family were kind of having it was yeah. a little bit like and also because it it's not like you you speak to a lot of comedians and they've come from that kind you know especially when i was when i started like so many people came from performance art backgrounds or they had you know they'd worked in the industry before yeah. or they'd been runners or they, they had an interest but for me it was literally just like i came home one day <laughs> and was like i'm gonna be i don't know a tightrope walker it was like the weirdest thing so you've not performed before then and stuff nothing like no, that no no and then we've got quite a close-knit family and everyone's just really conventional and they're just like what <laughs> like, what are you doing <laughs> 
No. Stop it. So it wasn't like this big, like, oh, she's always dreamed of this. She, she just no. popped up. No. <laughs> and they're just like, are you sure? But d- d- deep down, did you want to and not say it out loud? Or was it, did, was it a bit of an awakening for you as well, like, at that stage? I never thought in a million years I could do this. <laughs> not in a million, million years I could wow. do it. So it was it was a real bolt from the blue. It really was. <laughs> it's, is... it's been a really bizarre chain of events. <laughs> so what's it like now, though? Because you've obviously proved that you were right. You know, you've been on the biggest, you know, Lava the Apollo is the biggest show in the country to go on and do comedy. And is, is it a bit more like to the mother-in-law? Ha, huh, see? I told you. Mother-in-law. Ain't just the mother-in-law. It's all of them. I mean, afterwards, after I did Live with the Apollo, you kind of expect like everyone to be like, oh, my God. Yeah. But the family were like, are you done now? <laughs> <laughs> Is that it now? <laughs> Got it out of your system? <laughs> so, so I feel like... They- <laughs> There is nothing I can do to win them over. So you said like you you weren't sleeping. So there was a period where I had nausea for a year, and I kept going to the doctor, going, "This nausea is just not stopping." And eventually, the doctor was like, "I think it's exhaustion." And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah," because I just didn't sleep. So talk me through like your average day if you're teaching, gigging, and parenting. I did a gig once on four four pro pluses and a Red Bull just to stay awake. <laughs> And then what's it like when you got back from the gig at like 11? Yeah, you get back from a gig at 11 and then you would be up obviously in the night. Yeah. Like maybe a couple of times. So I'd probably get like four, five hours a night and then I'd get up, go to work. So obviously you'd get up and then get the kids ready and then drop kids at childminders and and God knows what. And then you go to work. Um, Sometimes my in-laws would stay here they did that for a little while and then they'd look after the kids in the day. So that would be a lot of help. I mean, bless them. They, they, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it then with them. Yeah, because they're not even at school at that age, are they? No, my daughter's at preschool. And then, yeah, and then I worked um, for a little while at University of East London and they had a nursery there. So I could take my son in with him, with, right. in with me. And then he would go to the, to the daycare centre there. And then, yeah, and then you'd come back and then get the kids ready for for you know feed them and all the rest of it and then you'd be out the door but there was a couple of times when my kids would like have that post dinner meltdown yeah and i'd have to go to a gig and then they'd be like Wah! and you like have them pulled out your arms and i'd run off to a gig and then i'd feel really guilty because it's not like now i imagine it's different and like you know when you're more established you and you're getting paid work it's like okay you're on at nine o'clock get there at 8 30 and then at 20 past nine you can go home so you're only literally yeah. popping out for an hour especially if you're doing london stuff yeah, but yeah, back yeah. then he's like you arrive at 6 p.m you have to put your name down on a list sometimes you have to bring two people with you and then they pull like some gigs i used to do they pull a name out of a hat so you could be going on at afternoon at night so you're there for six hours to do oh, t- God, five yeah. minutes Five minutes of stand-up and you you spent five hours waiting. Yeah. You would have to be there for seven hours. Yeah. So, oh, my God. It makes it almost impossible to to do, really. I know. It was, it was yeah, it was really intense. And when did you quit being a teacher then? And did it make it all a lot easier? Oh, God, yeah. I became the world's worst teacher. Like, I'd walk into the classroom, the kids are like, what are we doing today? And I'm like, <laughs> just shut up and don't talk to me but now I became terrible we did a lot of uh, a lot of essay writing in silence uh, <laughs> while I would write my set <laughs> and they would write essays 
but it was getting to a point. I remember doing like gigs abroad and I'd like fly in in the morning to like city airport and then go straight to work or do like Cardiff Glee and then get a train at 4am and go straight to school. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Wow. What an, int- do you look back and go, what was that period of my life? Cause you must have all these photos of you with your kids at that point. And you must just have been like a zombie at this point. Dead behind the eyes. No, I think it made me a better parent. I'll be honest with you. Do you? Yeah. How? In what sense? Yeah. I feel like it just made me more animated. I just felt a lot more in touch with my kids. I think it's made me a lot closer to my children. It's made me a much better parent. Which is enjoying yourself more and stuff. You know, you feel a bit more alive. Yeah, when you're enjoying yourself more, I mean, yeah, the tiredness doesn't matter because you're doing it. And it just made me a lot more patient with my children because I didn't have, I, I believe a lot of frustration comes from, you know, things that you're not even conscious of. So you might feel frustrated because of all sorts of external reasons. It's not just the tiredness or that the, you know, kids are doing your head in, but when you're actually fulfilled mentally, it makes it a lot easier to be a lot more tolerant. I mean, I say that I shout all the time still, but it's just like white noise to them now. They're just (laughs) (laughs) barking in a corner. It doesn't matter. Like just ignore it. But I used to actually feel quite frustrated when I was just with the children. I mean, my son was only five months. I say that as if I was doing it for years. I was like literally two weeks into it going, no, not for me. Well, it's quite, it's quite good that you did it then though, because as they get older, they have their own social life. When they're five months, they've got nowhere to be. But now like with kids, school parties and gymnastics or swimming club or whatever it is. When it's did non-stop. that happen? I don't know. We didn't have that as kids. No, I know. Like, when, did, when did we got to do all this stuff? Like, I feel like I'm a PA. human beings. Like I've got a PA to a tiny Kardashian. Like... <laughs> I've got to get back. She's got that in. I know. And the amount of stuff they do, and it's really interesting. Like, my daughter will be like, oh, my God, can I do Mandarin dance uh, <laughs> gymnastics? And I'm like, what? Where is that? Who's doing that? Why is that a thing? <laughs> it's not even just normal stuff. They're like, oh, my God, I really want to do, I don't know, well-being and, you know, mindfulness Tai Chi. And I'm like, no. Yeah, my daughter's no. doing Taekwondo. I can't even spell Taekwondo. Never mind do a class in it. <laughs> My son won't do anything. She's like, no, I'm not doing it. He won't even have friends over. Really? He's livid. Yeah. So what does he do with his day? I said, like, tonight, she's got a friend coming over after school. He went, oh, God, I don't like a house full of women. And I was like, oh. (laughs) And so so I was like, do you want to have a mate over? And he just looked at me absolutely furious. And he went, you know I like my wind down time. I was like, okay. Eight, eight. (laughs) He's livid. How old is he? Is he the eight-year-old or the six-year-old? No, he's six. This is a boy who likes to have a bath bomb and listen to a bit of Frank Sinatra. Honestly, he's How the old funniest is he? kid. Is that granddad? Six. Six. He has a bath bomb and listens to Frank Sinatra. <laughs> it's my downtime. He's <laughs> like an old cockney. Cut the jelly deals. He really is. I know. He's like a cockney. He's like a cockney. Whenever he hears a siren, he's like, it's the coppers. <laughs> So are you still, are you in East London then? Do you live in East London? Woodford, so Essex, East London, yeah. Oh, Essexy way, okay. And is your husband Essexy way? No, he's from Hemel Hempstead. But so it's, what, he's working full time and you're working full time as a comic now. So how, do you, how are you splitting the, the sort of the workload with the kids? I do all the day and then he does the evening, but then uh, everyone just goes on about how lucky I am that he's prepared to look after his own children. So <laughs> I'm, I'm very aware of that. 
He does a lot of babysitting, apparently. <laughs> he does a lot of babysitting for you, yeah. So yeah. Does he, is that coming from him or more family and friends? Oh, not from him, not no. at all, no. It was when I started stand-up, people were just like, you're lucky you've got a husband like that. You're really lucky. And I'm like, why is he not lucky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we split it, you know. <laughs> Now it's a lot more uh, balanced 50 50. Mm. But when I first started, I did feel like I was doing like most of it. And then he would do the evening stuff, but like little things like if I went away to gig, psychologically, he still saw it as almost like, well, that's for you. That's you enjoying yourself. Yeah, so yeah. even when I started it as a job. Do you know that's the thing about this job though? That is difficult. I, I'll throw around the words go to work a lot because I feel it paints it as like... as like yeah, it a, makes it look a lot more... More of a yeah. job. But it's difficult to argue that it's a... Do you know what I mean? There's an, It's a grey area when it comes to whether it's, it's a job. But I would come home and, like, literally, I'd come home from a gig and literally there'd just be, like, the clothes going up the stairs leading to the bathroom, then the bath still filled with the bath water and the toys there, and then, like, nappies leading to the beds where the kids were sleeping and the kids are asleep in like Halloween costumes and my husband would be like, you're welcome. And I'm just like, <laughs> I've now got to like essentially do a day's work of clearing up. Whereas in now, honestly, like it, we've, we've really worked it out. So now it's pretty much when I'm in charge, I'm completely in charge. And when he's in charge, he's completely in charge. And we yeah. balance it out all 50, yeah. 50. So it's a really, it's a really good, um, I'm very fortunate You've got more control now, though, of your diary, where back in the day, when you yeah. do first start, you are, everything's dictated by someone else. So, you know, he'll be going, mm. well, when are you going to be home? You're like, I don't know. It depends when I get on the gig. I might not get on the gig. It could be seven days. <laughs> it could be a week. I'm going to take a sleeping bag and hopefully I'll get five minutes at the cab. Yeah. Well, yeah, because lose like that with me when I say I'm going to work. And like sometimes, you know, I'm going to work and like, you know, I, was, I went to Jamaica with Romesh to interview Usain Bolt. <laughs> And like, so fuck off. Fuck off. But then I'm like, if I got up to Middlesbrough on a Tuesday, I'm like, come on. Now that, that's work. Now that's work. The gig will be fine, but it's a long way. I'm driving from Cheltenham to Lowestoft, okay? That is work. That is not, that, that is not my time. Want to temporarily restore definition in your jawline where it's been lost over time? With Juvederm Velux XC, you can get a non-surgical jawline treatment that adds volume for a smooth contour and to reduce the appearance of jowls in one in-office treatment with little downtime. Juvederm Velux XC injectable gel is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D erm.com not for people with severe allergic reactions allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in juvederm common side effects include injection site redness swelling pain tenderness firmness lumps bumps bruising discoloration or itching there's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities blindness stroke temporary scabs or scarring talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you visit juvederm.com that's j u v e d e r m.com
Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. And what's, what are you like? As, what's your different parenting style then? Because you say, well, when I'm in charge, when he's in charge. Do you have a different approach in that sense? Yeah, so what happens is when I'm in charge, I tell the kids off. And then when he's in charge, he screams, you wait till your mum's here and you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's how that works. Like literally the moment I walk through the door, it's like, oh, she's back now. <laughs> you're in for it now. He's <laughs> like, like the eldest sibling. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got my um, my dad with me as well. Mm. Oh, he lives in the house. So it's a lot of mental energy in this house. There's a lot of craziness. Yeah. So my dad is a 76 year old Middle Eastern man <laughs> who just screams at the children all the time. That's again like white noise to them. And then my husband's just this long suffering, you know, very kind of conventional, very calm. But my dad will just constantly threaten the children, which really winds them up as well. Right. So does your dad clash with your husband about it then? <laughs> Yeah. My husband's a bit like, sorry, wh- when did it become that I was going to be married to your dad? Like, I didn't. That's <laughs> yeah, not especially why. when you're out a lot. It's just them two in the house. <laughs> it was my husband's. Oh, no, this is honestly, this is how long suffering my husband is. It was my husband's birthday. And on his birthday, <laughs> he had to take my dad to hospital to have a prostate. <laughs> Was you with the kids or were you working? I was I was working, so my in-laws were with the children. My husband was texting me going, I just want to say I'm having a really nice time. Your dad's gown has opened three times. <laughs> people are really confused as to what my relationship is with this man. <laughs> and it, can, he, can he do childcare? Is he helpful in that way, your, your dad, or is he sort of oh, yeah, a bit is, too old? But he to... is... He is meant like he, yeah, no, he is, he's brilliant. He's brilliant with the kids. All the grandparents are actually, yeah. I'm really fortunate. And I've got to say, like I go on about how hard it was and stuff. There are people that don't have grandparents helping yeah. and I, I like hats off to them or single parents. How do they do it? Cause I've had like my in-laws, my parents, they're really involved and that's the only way I could do it. Yeah, That's yeah. the only way I could do it. And my dad will like overlap if I've got to go to a gig and my husband's not finish work yet my dad can sit with them for an hour or whatever and and as they get older it gets easier because they can sort themselves out a little bit as long as you're just an adult in the house and does it what are their what are their parenting techniques like how much does your parenting overlap with your 76 year old middle eastern dad <laughs> yeah has he got old, has he got old school old school ways of parenting yeah i took a photo the other day because we were walking he walks to school with us every single day yeah which essentially is really stressful for me because my dad will just march into traffic like my dad just rants so he doesn't have like that thing of internal dialogue. Everything's just external. <laughs> so we'll just be walking to school while he swears and he swears all the time. And the kids are now aware that they can't swear, but he just swears. So he'll rant to school and you're like, there are other parents walking their kids to school. Can you just stop swearing? And he'll just be screaming about Russia or whatever on the way to school and just marching into traffic. And then you've got two kids on scooters who are just like, so it's like herding geese all oh, the way to wow. school. You're like, like grabbing one and grabbing the other and just like, right, can we all just try and stay in one unit? It's a very bizarre 
bizarre combination of people uh, walking to school every morning. Can he not take him in without you then? That's a little job done then. And if he, or is he not, can't be trusted to t- take them both in? I get nervous about him just marching them into traffic. But also I kind of feel a little bit like I should do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like sometimes if I'm... You know, I just feel like oh, I should do it. I should kind of take them in. So yeah, because at my school, there's some some grandparents that bring them in every day because they live near to the to the kids and stuff. Sometimes though, at the end of a term, they look fucked like little eight year old geezer. There were some parents that went away on holiday. I think they went away for a week, and then their grand the grandparents came in and lived with the kids for a week and looked them up. By the Friday, he looks so nat. My mum and dad always. My mum and dad are like corpses when they come. Like if we go away for two nights, they're like, Ugh. and even. The the teacher went to me call your mum looked tired the other week when she dropped them off <laughs> my mum and dad get up at 11am if they're left on their own so they're up at six in mine it is a lot for grandparents you forget how hard little ones are like it is like you just got to wrestle them it's like having chimpanzees on acid isn't it <laughs> when they're yeah. little. i'm dreading being a grandparent in that sense the thought of like me at 70 having to deal with what i'm dealing with now even for two days my dad has got to a point now where he just he can't even be bothered to like he would just be like, I can't be, but bo- I'm not going to get up and smack you because I can't be bothered. I mean, I don't do smacking. And obviously that's a very old school thing. So he just says to my kids, he just goes, I'm just going to put my fist out. You just got to run towards it. <laughs> <laughs> and they think it's really good fun. So were you, were you born here or born in the Middle East, Esther? No, I was born in Essex. He moved here. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so did, did you have a different upbringing though? Was his parenting different then to like your schoolmates in Essex? Or was he as the same as all the yeah. other dads? Yeah. It was really embarrassing. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, he'd be really, he would be really militant. I remember he would stand, God love him, but he would just do things that like to me, I was just so used to it. But my friends would just be like, like he sometimes, if I was doing my homework, he'd stand over me with a crowbar, just like what? that. <laughs> That's in a jokey way, though. Kind of in a jokey way. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Or like, I was talking about the fact that my husband's really good at like waking up the children. He's really, he does it. He's got this little song and he wakes them up and he's so sweet the way he wakes them up. And um, and he was like, oh, I got it from my mum because that's how she used to wake us up. My dad used to wake me up in the morning. I kid you not, he just used to walk into our room and throw a cup of water in our face. Oh my God. <laughs> it was like the army. <laughs> you had one warning. Imagine doing that now. That is not allowed, is it? Boomer, that's classic boomer parenting. I know. He just used to get get one warning. He'd be like, Esther, and if I didn't get up, the weird thing I've took away from that though is that I can't believe some people have to wake up their kids. My, yeah. I've, not, my, I've never woke mine up. They've always woke us up. <laughs> I've never woken my child up. I'm telling you, for school, I have to drag him. I have to no. drag my son out of bed by no. his feet, and he crawls back and in, is he and the I have to one or wrestle the old him. One? The younger one. This is the one who likes his six. me time. Oh, no. Ours are up at six latest every day. No, but the, the moment that it's not school, if it was half term or something, boom, they're up. What time are you waking them up for school? They have to get up at seven. I, I've never, except holidays, I've never had to wake my child. Really? No. Well, occasionally when, you know, when you go through those periods where it's like, oh, they're napping for too long. Is that going to have an impact in the evening? That kind oh, of situation. Yeah. But... All that crap, yeah. but like, never the morning have I thought. Occasionally, you'd wake them by mistake when you were worried they were dead because they were still asleep. Do you know that situation? Because they'd slept till six thirty instead <laughs> yeah, of six. Yeah, exactly. That when they're babies. Yeah, but isn't sleep deprivation the worst? I can yeah. handle anything. 
but yeah. it's the sleep is so hard. That is the hardest thing. Were they good or bad sleepers when they were babies? Like my son was good, but I think that's probably because he was the second one. You just forgot about him quite a lot because um, yeah. I only had. I already had a baby, so I was just like, oh, yeah. there's another one now. So he'll just have to sort himself out. Did your husband do a creative job or anything like that? That's sim- no. No? No, he works in IT. He's a normal person. <laughs> He's a normal, person. A normal person. <laughs> Poor bloke, just a normal bloke, just want to go to his nine to five. Yeah, he's like, why didn't I marry someone called Becky? <laughs> he just is normal. Just wants to go to a bottomless brunch once every three months and that's it. I know, he's like, what am I doing? I'm now, I've got this old Arab man who's just wandering around in his pants screaming at me. I've got to take him for prostate checkups. <laughs> So, I've got so, this wife who's slagging me off on stage. Yeah. This is not what I signed up for. I've got a son who's listening to Frank Sinatra. I think it's easier being a mum. <laughs> I've gone full circle. Can we dig down into this this son that's the son that listens to Frank Sinatra and has a bath bomb and likes to unwind? What, what, point, loves what bath point did that begin? Like, what's the? How, when did you go? This is a different personality type to my daughter. Like, what? How early was that? I don't he's sunny but he's he's a really quirky little lad yeah he's really and he's really funny he really makes me laugh they had world book day didn't they recently which we all remembered 45 minutes before yeah. Yeah. world book day and it was just like um and i was thinking like what am i go-? and i said to my son like you've got to just wear something from the fancy dress box and he was like i ain't doing it I'm not wearing it. He was going, I'm going to school in my school clothes. I'm not dressing up in fancy dress. And I was like, no, don't do that because it makes me look like I'm the mum that forgot it was World Book Day. And it makes me look bad. So then he went, I'm just going to wear normal clothes. And and then if people ask me what I am, I'll just say I'm an author. And I was like, well, no, no, just just be something. And then he'd seen a book on the bookshelf and he went, I'll just, and he looked at the bookshelf and he went, I'll just say I'm Jeffrey Archer. And I was like, you're not going at six. (laughs) As Jeffrey Archer. Prison scrubs for great joggers. What did your daughter go as? Matilda. Oh, that's a good one. But she takes school really seriously and she doesn't like to let anyone down. She's really earnest. So it's just like, I've really got to commit 100% to this. They're very different. They're such yeah. different. It's funny though, isn't it? Do they get yeah. on? They either really, really get on to the point that they're hysterical and laughing and crying and you cannot get involved whatsoever and they don't listen to you because they're in this frenzy of absolute euphoria or they're absolutely kicking the shit out of each other. And really? there is no in-between. Oh, Actual wow. fighting? Yeah. yeah. Who's getting the better of it? Should we run a book? <laughs> <laughs> Live stream it. <laughs> Ten quid on the on the girl. Oh my god, she just lets like he'll really lay into her and she'll just kind of be like, oh, and I, you know, I was so happy one time when he came storming to the kitchen. He was like, She has just punched me so hard. And I was like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> like, thank God. <laughs> you know when you like, we can't smack our kids. Yeah. No. So you know when you're like, sometimes they do just need a slap. And I'm like, he needs a slap. And I'm glad she's done it. Because I can't do it. I can only intervene so often. But she turned around and she was like, enough and clumped him. And I was like, good, good. You deserved it. Amazing. Did your dad did your dad say that then? Like you're too soft on him. No. That's what annoys me. Oh. Is that if I lose my temper, 
he'll step in and be like, uh, you know, come on, you need to calm down. And I'm like, that, where was that attitude when I was growing up? <laughs> where was that when you had like the crowbar? Waterboarded. <laughs> yeah. When you had the crowbar. Did you think they get softer as they get older? Or do you think that they, they were basically in a high level of stress with work and look back and probably think, yeah, I was too harsh on them? Yeah, that's the joy of being a grandparent. Yeah. You can just, yeah, you can just go do, make up for all the... And also because you've got more time. Yeah. But grandparents are so soft on them. And like, they'll always be like, oh, that's really harsh. Or, you know, they, they think that you should kind of devote all your time to them. But when they were, you know, when they had kids and they were working and stuff. You got by, didn't, you know, it didn't affect you, did it? You just sort of had an extreme uh, breakdown after the birth of your second child and <laughs> threw yourself into the world of comedy to, <laughs> to force yourself to be physically sick, yeah, get yeah. emotionally um, stressed yeah. and exhausted. And uh, and now nah, it's all right, isn't it? you got microphones it's fine. and headphones. You know, I got woken up by, you know, ice bucket challenge most mornings. But yeah, it was fine. Totally didn't affect me. <laughs> I don't know if your parents do this. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter how much you establish yourself. The moment you're back with your parents, you just completely yeah. revert to being yeah, seen as 14 yeah. still. Yeah. So my dad still will like slap me around the head in public. Fucking <laughs> 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 hell. <Okay, no. laughs> Which really annoys me. <laughs> Wait, I, I can imagine it annoys you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right yeah. to be annoyed. Um, he'll do it actually, even if there's another, like he's so oblivious as well. So a friend of mine was around my house he didn't even clock that that wasn't me. So he walks into the house, slaps her around the head and goes, what's for dinner? And my friend just turned around and was like, I don't know. And that's not okay. And I was like, dad, you can't just slap women. Like you can't just... <laughs> I just walk into the house in your pants and slap a woman around the head and go, what's for dinner? <laughs> They had it easy in the 70s, didn't they, man? Yeah. What a life. That was okay then. Oh, my word. Not now. Quite rightly. Quite rightly, not now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite hard when you're trying to do, like, your feminist stuff on it. You know, my show, like, my stuff on stage is all kind of very, like, feminist and all the rest of it. And then I come home and just get slapped around the head, what's for dinner? And you're like, oh, oh. on toast. <laughs> I know. Well, my son's like, and I will be taking my dinner upstairs in my drawing room after my bath, which you will draw for me, mother. Um, yeah, I think my, my relationship now with my kids, yeah, is definitely a lot a lot calmer. Yeah, now, especially with stand-up being, as you say, a bit easier because you can just go out and do your gig and then come home again. And yeah. I know you're in a hotel room, Josh, yeah. but I hate it. I hate staying away. Yeah, I don't like it. You know, when you do a weekend at the Glee? Yeah. And then you get a hotel... I'd go up, do my gig at the Glee, and then come back and then go back again the next night as to not stay in a hotel. Really? What is it? You don't like being away from your kids or you just don't like hotels? I don't like being away from them, but also I feel like I'm missing out on that day of just getting stuff done. Yes. And, you know, and it's like one's got ballet, one's got this. I just want to be involved that I've done a day of stuff. Otherwise, you just sit around the hotel room. No, I use the hotel room. I get all of my work stuff done. That's my, that's because I, I find it so difficult to work at home. So when people are yeah. like, oh, do you want to do that? Like this, for instance, it's like, oh, perfect time is when I'm in a hotel room because then I've got that exact downtime. Yeah. Well, maybe you could just tour Monday to Friday when they're in school. 
And then you don't have to come back and do yeah. stuff. Maybe I could just tour like Monday to Friday, 11 a.m. <laughs> That's the dream. Whenever I go to comedy, it's a dream job. It would be if every gig was at the end of my road at 11 a.m. I know. Don't you want Friday and a Saturday off? That's what I want. Oh, yeah. I tell you, if you if I could choose a, a tour of matinees, it'd be incredible. Get there at <laughs> two, knock off at That's... four. <laughs> No, people surely, are working, like, Esther. That's why we can't oh, do yeah. it. They've got normal jobs. <laughs> people have got normal jobs. Becky, in I, <laughs> Becky in the IT department. Um, well, that brings us on to our last question, Esther. If there's one thing that your husband does that uh, annoys you with his parenting um, and frustrates you, and if you listen back, he could, he could act upon it and, and stop those ways. Is there anything, Esther, that he does? He So when I do go away and gig, he the kids ask him to pretend to be me. Okay. And I feel like this is really creepy. But he does this impression of me for the children, which they now love. And they're like, can you pretend to be mum? And he's like, okay. Which honestly makes me out to be like one of the Dolmio puppets. And it really does my head in. Because <laughs> uh... when I was like, what does it, it consist of? Like, essentially, this woman just like coming in and being like, oh, your mama. And I'm like, I don't, not really sure. Because I, I do speak a little bit in Arabic and English with my kids, but he does this in French because obviously he doesn't know Arabic. So he just puts on this like, foreign accent and does this impression <laughs> of me to the kids and it does just make me out to be like yeah this kind of caricature of an old italian lady so i'd like him to stop doing that. <laughs> so you quite like so ideally you want your dad to stop hitting you and your husband to stop doing racist impressions if all the men in my house could stop being really misogynistic and racist that would be amazing <laughs> Nice to have a dream, isn't it? But the, the, a, like a pipe dream of a utopia. But you know, uh, oh Esther, this has been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. It's so good. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you for having me. You know, I think it's really inspiring as well to to any mums and dads listening that are like, you know, if you, you lose your personality and identity a little bit sometimes when you first have a kid and you feel a bit yeah. lost. And to have an example of what you've done is amazing. So you, I think you should be really proud of that. Yeah. Whatever it is you want to do, if you're drawing, singing, gigging, starting a company or whatever, just go for it. Because, do so for yourself. Yeah, yeah definitely. And Definitely. then you become a better parent for it, don't you? Because I think that's the thing. You think, if I do that, I'll be a bad parent. But actually, it gives you that fulfilment, which then, you know, spreads your energy in a positive way to your kids rather than being yeah. frustrated. I mean, I'm still a terrible parent. But... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've yeah, got yeah. that. We've got that, yeah. <laughs> that's not as bad as your dad. That's the main thing. Not as bad as your dad. <laughs> No, exactly. Yeah, it takes a few generations to get it right, doesn't it? Um, but yeah. anyway. They're going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> Esther, thank you so much. Thank it's you, been Esther. brilliant. Thank brilliant. you. Esther Manito. That one, I'm going to say it, Josh, was one of my favourite episodes. Straight into the Hall of Fame. Straight into yeah. the Tom Parry realms of Hall of Fame, that one, isn't it? Funny, which is always the main thing, and interesting story. Sometimes you don't always get both. Sometimes you get neither. Um, how amazing is Esther Manita? That's uh, her oh, rise to live in the Apollo is absolutely astronomical. She's what hilarious, thing. and she's just going to get better and better. She's a real star in the making, I think, Esther yeah, Manito. So good. I think if that was the first time you've uh, listened to it, I don't think it'll be the last. She's um, she's brilliant, um, really funny. Follow her on social media. Is that what we say at this point, Rob? Yeah, she's on Instagram. Let's let's do the power of the pod. Let's let's send everyone over there. All you, everyone, go and follow her on Instagram, and. Uh, 
she's a watcher live at the Apollo. But yeah, brilliant, Estebanito. Very, very inspiring as well. If you're listening to this and you feel a bit down in the dumps and you're losing yourself, you're losing your way, just go out and do something for you. And I think you become a better parent. It won't make you less caring or a worse parent. I think it can only, the happier you are, the happier your kids are, in my experience. So put the uh, oxygen mask on first, on the plane and in your life, and then the kids will be happier. (laughs) Oh, a lovely ending, Rob. Oh, that was nice, wasn't it? It Um, was nice. See you on a Tuesday? See you on Tuesday. Bye.